You're listening to State of the Arts, a show about the arts, theater, creatives in and around the Philippines. Located in the beautiful Samsung Performing Arts Theater in Circuit Makati, Makati's Arts and Entertainment District, where something amazing is always on. On each episode, we invite industry leaders, arts practitioners, and audience members to talk about current events that shape and further the arts in the country. My name is Christopher. Together, let's talk art. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of State of the Arts. I'm very excited for today's episode. I've always been thrilled to watch this young man's journey, already making waves for his explosive and dynamic dancing abilities. This young artist has been using his gifts and talents, showcasing the best of Philippine artistry. The first Filipino male dancer to be a finalist at the prestigious Prix de Lausanne International Ballet Competition, he is now carving his niche as an artist and choreographer with the famed Hamburg Ballet in Germany. Please join me in welcoming the very talented and always fun Mr. Marcelino McCoy Libao. Welcome to the show, McCoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you. How have you been doing? I've been good, hanging in there. I mean, uh, the pandemic really, um, I think, hit all of us hard, but um, I'm all healthy and well and still working in Hamburg, so uh, I can't complain. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much again for joining me for this episode. I, I know you're still working and are extremely busy, and I really appreciate you taking the time to join um, uh, to join us today. Um, we... I think our listeners would be very excited to learn more about you and your journey. So why don't we go ahead and start with how did you end up uh, in the profession you're currently in? Oh, well, it goes way back when I was still a little kid, probably about two years old. And uh, I was just never fond of having toys or playing toys. Like anybody who gifted me a toy, I didn't really just play with them. I, I, I preferred more to just be in a big open space and have music and just dance to it. Mm-hmm. So I was definitely a big fan of Michael Jackson's music videos and um, just watching a lot of dance videos back then. That, that definitely was my big exposure to dancing. And okay. also, I, it also kind of helped that it was in my genes because my dad was a, a former Philippine folklore dancer with Carilagan. Oh, wow. And uh, so when, growing up, I also had a lot of uh, family friends who were all dancers from this group. They all just kept dancing. And so it was really, I think, exposed to me at such a young age. But uh, I, I don't think I was really put to an actual dance school until much later. I, did, about, I was nine years old, I would say. Where, where, uh, where was dance, this? I see. Uh, steps. Okay. It will be a steps dance studio because they literally just moved two blocks away from our house. And then that's when my mom was like, finally, a school that's nearby so we don't have to deal with traffic in Manila. <laughs> so uh, I was enrolled to, to the summer school. And uh, just before the, the summer workshop finished, the director of this school, uh, Sophia Savelle Elizalde, then offered me a scholarship. And that pretty much leaded me to taking ballet because, you know, if you're a scholar, you need to take particular classes. So I I was kind of forced to to take ballet. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> and then I ended up loving it. So um, that's pretty much how it all started. It kind of just, in a way, fell into my hands because right. um, it was just ar ar all around me. That's exciting. So was the end goal always to become a professional dancer or were you thinking that at some point you were going to do something else? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't think I, I, I thought about doing it as a career quite early in my life because uh, uh, I, I love uh, going to school. I love studying. I, uh, there was a point where I also wanted to be a doctor. There's also a point where I wanted to be a lawyer because my mom said I could really defend for anybody. <laughs> and, uh -huh. But um, I, I don't think it wasn't until I really fell in love with the art of ballet where you know this kind of rigorous training really challenged me and this was the point when i was i think 14 years old when i did uh the namsia ballet competition in at the ccp mm -hmm. that's when i really thought like oh i think this is what i want to do because it gave me a bit of an exposure of what a professional dancer would be like uh, this kind of everyday training um coaching and mastering a particular um dance and i i really enjoyed the work progress so i said i think this is what i want to do and i'm just blessed to have parents who supported it and um you know didn't even question why or didn't even force me to take another path so in a way i was and also to have teacher sophia to actually help me along the way to guide me that it could also be a path for me and i think i wouldn't have gone far if i didn't have that kind of morals support and backbone right and yeah i think that's why i i anyway later on decided to become a professional dancer i see i think that's a good segue to my next question what is it about dance ballet in particular that makes you excited to pursue it <laughs> that <laughs> i love the challenge like i i i, I also like to it's every day a kind of like a mystery you know mm -hmm. yeah I just uh it's every you can uh, do a same variation every day and on Monday will feel different on Tuesday it might be better on Wednesday it might be bad again and I just love that it's kind of reminds me of how life is you know it, there's no sure point it it's a it's live it's it's alive it's uh it keeps changing it keeps growing just as I am as a person and that's what I love about um ballet that it, it's it is an art form at the end of the day and um i think it's so important and valuable to, to in life yeah that's a very good way of putting it a, a very mature outlook um, so to speak uh, but i think um it speaks really well of your um approach to your art form and um I'm, I'm really proud of you for for not only everything that you've done so far but i'm i'm really excited to see um the progress that uh, i'm sure will take you further down the uh, professional career path of yours so um oh yes um well tell us about your journey to germany how did you end up um at the uh, company uh, Hamburg Ballet. Um, okay, it started uh, actually back in Philippines because uh, when I won gold medal at the NAMSIA, uh, teacher Sophia and my mentor, teacher Raul Saus, that time decided to, to go even further with uh, this path is to join an international ballet competition. 
And we've been doing a lot of research and the thing that really crossed my mind and the one that attracted me more was Prix de Lausanne because it really is a competition for, for kids, for aspiring professional dancers. And uh, I fit in the age category. So we just sent in the video. And I mean, I, I didn't expect much because at that time, YouTube was probably just at its early stages. So you couldn't really watch how the competition really is until you mm-hmm. arrive there. So when I when I got into competition, I was like, oh, I guess we're going to Europe. Let's let's go to Lausanne. And uh, I was lucky to get help by Anna Villa Dolit to be coach a week beforehand the competition in Munich. So at least I wasn't jet lag or I was able to adjust with the climate. So I went to Munich and that was the first time I pretty much was exposed live um, dancers from all kinds of uh, nations, like particularly a lot of white people that I, I really was just, wow, they look like, you know, the fairy tale movies. And they what is happening? Like you. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look like me. Like, is this really for me? So it was quite a lot of mental process that a lot of questioning and doubting. And uh, it, my mom was having a hard time feeding me because I was just so nervous already. Mm-hmm. But then when I went to the Prix de Lausanne, when to see all these kids who have the same passion and drive as I do and pretty much the same goal, then it kind of woke me up and I was like, no, this is what I really want. And funny enough, I feel like kind of like how dance just fell into my lap. Um, that time when I joined Free Lausanne 2008, the head of the jury was actually John Neumeyer, who is now my director. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the repertoire that we had to learn for the contemporary variations were all his choreographies. So it was definitely my first exposure to, to his, uh, the world of John Neumeyer, let's just sure. say. And, and uh, at that time, this, the, the ballet school, uh, the Hamburg Ballet School were guest performing and the principals of the company were performing. And so for me to be, all of my dreams were like, oh, maybe join ABT or join Royal Ballet or like all of these dreams of mine just kind of like went away because the minute I saw Neumeyer's works, I was, I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't stop watching it. I was just doing so much research about this place because it really moved me because it is still in the classical ballet form and uh, roots, Mm -hmm. but there was just so much to its choreography that I felt like this is what I want to be doing. This is what I want to be portraying and dancing one day because I really enjoyed so much the, the, the process of doing his repertoire. Mm-hmm. So when I made it to the finals and, you know, they, they made this announcement, I was the first Filipino to join and made it far. I, I was already so happy back then. But then when the curtain uh, went down, I really remember John Neumeyer right away went to me and was just like, Marcelino, we, I would like to offer you a scholarship to Hamburg Ballet School. Um, I would really like for you to train under my, uh, my, my faculty for two years because I think you have so much potential and uh, I would like to work with you one day. So when, when, I, w- when I heard this, I, I, though I did I get about six to nine scholarships, mm-hmm. but they all offered me with like candidate number 41. And th- though I was um, happy being offered and I feel so honored, uh, even John and Maya himself called me by my first name. And that for me really took a, a t- really spoke in so much waves because right. this man who is pretty much a genius uh, took time to right. to see me and actually mention my first name and like 
this for me, I still remember to this day that if that didn't happen, I, I don't know what my, where I would be actually, because <laughs> everyone told me like, well, you should go to Royal, you should go there. And, and I was like, well, this is my life. And, and I think I want to go here and I, I have mm -hmm. no regrets. <laughs> what a fantastic story. Congratulations. Um, that, that's, that's really great. Um, just adding on to what you've been saying already, what have been, what have been the most memorable times you've had so far with a company? Um, well, I, I would say uh, there's so many moments, but just because I, I, I do admire this person, John and Meyer, so much. Mm -hmm. And every time I'm on uh, in a studio or working on a role with him, these are the things I, I truly cherish and I write down on my notebook and I try not to forget the words because he's, he's a very wise man mm -hmm. and I learn a lot. But um, I think the... I have a few. The very first would probably be I was still in the school and somehow I was already on my Christmas holidays and I got a call from my teacher saying uh, someone got injured in the company and John wants you to jump in. And mm. I was just like, I just laughed. I was like, hi, oh, what a funny joke. And they're like, no, this is serious. The show is tomorrow night. And I was like, wait, what? So I rushed to the studios. I learned the whole ballet, which is the Nutcracker of John and I. Mm -hmm. And it was, it's quite a big task as, as it's like a solo role, let's mm -hmm. just say. And, and it's, it has a number in the first act, a number in the second act for the Russians. And it's always the crowd favorite because it's the most uh, exciting number. Sure. Uh, and I just learned everything. And I just remember like, I, I can't believe this is really happening. Like I didn't even feel nervous just because it was so fast and everyone's just watching and I was just like, let's just try to survive this. And sure enough, after that, um, I think a few months after John did offer me a, a contract. So this always will stay in my head that um, I feel like I was rewarded for, uh, for the hard work that I did. Or I was rewarded because he found out I was a very fast learner, which I think till this day, he still takes advantage of. <laughs> but... <laughs> But um, yeah, so I would say also that that states in my head is uh, this ballet called Turangalila, which is a very um, abstract piece of his that he used the, the symphony of uh, Miss Young. And mm -hmm. uh, we were only, like, it was the whole company needed, but he only has five principal roles. And one of them was was me and, and uh this was something that I, it was always been a dream of mine to be uh, created on on his one of his ballets, and uh, the fact that it actually happened with my name there, and I just uh, I, I still up to this day is still shocked. <laughs> I couldn't believe, it. but yeah, definitely creating with him is uh, uh, definitely a highlight in my career. That's really exciting to hear. And I'm, I'm so, so proud of you. I, I remember I was watching a, um, uh, was it Nijinsky? I think it was Nijinsky. And, and, and I, uh, I just could not help but feel so proud to see you. And I've always wondered, has it already sunk in that you're doing such great things at such a young age? And um, considering still um, you're, you're early or you're in the middle of your professional career um i don't i don't know if it has sunk in because i'm definitely a person that 
an artist that still loves to learn and grow. Like I never want to feel like, oh, I know this is it, or I I I know where I am because um even if I've been you know blessed with such roles or achievements, I still feel like there's always room for improvement and and growth and. Uh, but when I do look back sometimes, or when, you know, like certain colleagues ask questions about, oh, when you did this or how, you know, asking for advices to help them. And I get like, oh, am I one of those already that like, I could help out the young people? Or am I, it, it just, it still is so, if I find it bizarre sometimes to just look back and see how far I've come because mm -hmm. I feel I, deep inside I still feel like a 15 year old student you know right so which which I, I love because uh, this makes me always have an itchy feet always curious always hungry you know, um, hungry exactly mm -hmm. so and and I, I think that's something that that can change for right. me because uh uh, maybe next thing you know, I'll just realize I have to just have to stop dancing, <laughs> even right. though I still feel 15. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I think you've sort of touched on this earlier. Uh, and I was going to say, when um, I remember when I was dancing, things were not as open and diverse as what we currently have right now. Uh, for the longest time, um, I believe I was the only non-white person in the company. And, and fortunately, things are slowly getting better and there are strides being made to further diversify dance companies around the world for, for your experience as a young artist really carving your name out there what are the advantages you think you bring by being a Filipino I, I guess it's definitely the because it's a, it's rare for them to see so that's definitely an advantage because I'm just happy I'm in a company where they they do cast people because of uh, their talent rather than just their color or a particular role that you know it's always been beneficially for for the white culture and um, I just feel I I am casted to do things because I do deserve them and worked hard for them rather than just oh it's definitely this is the perfect role because he's Asian or and I, I just feel sure. um, slowly and sure, but surely that I feel every ballet company should start diversifying their companies and also maybe starting because also I find because Hamburg Ballet is definitely a company where it continues to grow because we have a chief choreographer. So even the ballets themselves are, you know, relative, let's just say. Right. And right. that's what's important because, you know. It is an art form that still keeps growing. And with the amount of choreographers, even I myself as an aspiring young choreographer, I think mm -hmm. it's so important that it is our duty now to create works that are relative and, and are, um, how do you say that? Unified by sure. all races and inclusive because that's, what's, that's what is, that reflects what life is, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, do you feel that Filipino artists, especially young dancers like yourself, or those that were trained here in the Philippines, um, are able to succeed in dance companies abroad if given the opportunity? Oh, definitely, uh, 100%, because uh, Filipinos are 
incredibly talented. Filipinos have so much to offer on their plate. And if just given the chance, they'll be amazed because uh, there's so many times I've heard already here, like, oh my goodness, uh, where are the Filipino dancers? Because every time I see them, you can count them only in one hand. And I was like, there is so much more. It's just, it's, you know, the opportunities given to not just Filipinos, but every other race that are, um, my, uh, let's say a minority, it's, it's, it's difficult. And mm-hmm. I think it's step by step, you know, if they be, be more um, open and also just given the chance, I think it, it can slowly change that because we have so many talented Filipino artists that deserves to be seen. Yes, uh, I, I believe that talent is definitely not lacking in this country. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's just also the support and the mm-hmm. financial um, opportunities because obviously, like even if you are talented, but to just to go out and audition and things like this, it, it's not it's not easy. You need a lot of financial support, and of course, in our country, it's very hard to have any support in the artistic right side <laughs> but but yes i hope that changes or i don't know maybe one day i'll <laughs> i'll build a foundation to help this <laughs> definitely it's in 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 the head in the, in the head of mine to help others that's fantastic. It's it's a it's a great it's a perfect segue to my next question. You've mentioned it already that <laughs> the arts, um, in general, is not something that is heavily supported or even encouraged in the Philippines. How do you think we yes. can start correcting or changing that way of thinking? I think my theory is to make it more accessible to everybody and make it more, uh, maybe be a, a part of educating them in every school, public school, private school, in all ages. Because from how I see, you know, if you, if you be able to be exposed, just how I was exposed to such a young age and see the joy in the kids of the beauty of what dance can do to you, mentally, physically, spiritually even. And I think it becomes then the natural thing is to appreciate it because, you know, the best example is a country like Cuba, who is not as, you know, they're not a progressive uh, country, but it, but they the love they have for ballet, even though they have no money, they're in poverty. My goodness, they treat ballet dancers like celebrities, you know, and it, it's what they're proud of and show as part of their culture. So I do think Philippines have that kind of potential because we are so talented. But given the uh, the, the the situation, I think it's just a, it's a matter of education and exposure. Well, if if um, as as a Filipino that perhaps are given opportunities, um, it's almost the opposite of the question I'd asked earlier. What what do you think are the immediate challenges that present to an artist of uh, Filipino descent when they're trying to make their name in an international company. I'm sorry. Uh, what is? What what what, what are the what are the challenges that presents to a Filipino trained dancer when they're trying to make their name out there uh, with an international company? Are there any? Um, well, I don't. I didn't think I felt. I didn't think I feel that I, w- I had that kind of particular challenge because uh, when I look around 
with all my colleagues, I think we're all very much challenged because it is such a challenging profession. Mm. But I didn't feel particularly because of my, uh, my, 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 my culture and my, my color and race and citizenship made it difficult rather than it's just the actual art and profession. But um, maybe I would say particularly is the because I had a really good training, so I didn't feel like I you were at the disadvantage. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, for example, I left Step Dance Studio with a with an RAD syllabus at the back of my hand, and coming to Hamburg then, and then re- learning Vaganova style. It was though it was very different. I still had the base at least, so I didn't feel like it was a challenge rather than even a gift because then so there's certain repertoire that the, uh, the needed kind of like the English way of dancing, then I have that kind of advantage. So, and I'm, I'm a very adaptable dancer too, because being in steps, I had to learn jazz, street dance, hip hop mm. and, and tap even. So if I had to learn a new rep, I feel like I was versatile enough to just, um, tackle any style so mm-hmm. I didn't feel the challenge was because I was Filipino but rather than it was just a hard profession <laughs> right no I believe but that. this is from my, my experience um, yes yeah. well looking back since uh, how long ago have you been at Hamburg now um, I, I arrived here in 2008 and I joined the company in 2010 I see. What what has been the most important lesson you've received as as an artist of um, the ballet? Uh, I think would be is to, which I still I think uh, till this day I'm still learning because um, the John Meyer likes to to remind us artists to always be like be present and. Uh, be honest and this is something it's so it's so easy to say but it's so hard to apply because you know when you really say rehearse some particular role for two months or portray a particular role for pretty much your whole career you know it's so important to like go on stage and it is a live theater so you don't you want it to be as honest as you can be Mm -hmm. and this is something that up to this day I'm I'm still learning and applying because um you don't want to be an autopilot because it's unfair for the audience and and it makes your art form and job so exciting because you know I may be let's say I wake up today and have a huge back pain so how will I then apply that kind of like this is Marcelina with a back pain and still portray a role like it's it has mm-hmm. to be always honest and live and it's authentic. it's a good lesson yeah and authentic right. exactly right. well McCoy I was gonna say um the stuff that I have seen um, that you do and you represent, and uh, whether that's um, online or um, your or your time on stage, you um, advocate a lot for representation. Um, why is um, why is representation important, and why is is the idea of equal opportunities, regardless of who you are, period, as an artist at uh, this day and age, very important? I, um, that, that's a good question. Because um, being already uh, Asian, Filipino, uh, open gay man, and um, 
queer, non-binary, gender fluid, all of the above that you can say, I, I feel like it is so important for me to voice out even louder who I am as a person, because this is something that I, I, I think everyone could agree is something we all individuals have to fight for. And me being a dancer, I always feel like it's so important for me to use my platform in all ways to to raise my voice and be an advocate for people that really need my support and help. So I try my best to constantly challenge myself to to do good and to 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 fight the good word because um, I might I, I appreciate also the people that does it for me. So I definitely do not rest until I feel everyone is equal and treated fairly. And this is just kind of like my motto. Mm, so mm -hmm. whether if it's to choreography or to raising funds or protesting or speaking loud or doing a high a walk around the city with high heels to make a statement, then this is what I do. And uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Good for you. I'm, I'm proud of you. And uh, I applaud you. And I, I hope you'll continue fighting the good fight, so they say. Yeah, thank you so much. It yeah. definitely helps when when I have a I have a collective called the House of Brownies, mm -hmm. and we're pretty much four individuals sharing kind of the same story. We're people of color, and we arrive in a Western company, and we're pretty much the four only brown dancers in the company. That though we are treated with respect, sure, and I feel like we are treated fairly. But when we do go outside of work, there's still so much work to be done. And this is something that we work on with our private projects outside. So, uh, and, it's, and it's been going well, I think. It's definitely educating quite, a, uh, even though we changed one person's opinion in a day and made it understand our lives better, then I think we're still in the right path. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. No, it's very exciting. And um, I wish you nothing but the best. And uh, uh, I'm sure things will things will happen. You just keep on doing it. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of young dancers and artists who are inspired by your journey and are excited to see you succeed, most definitely, and perhaps are looking up to you as a source of inspiration. What do you say to them when they're just maybe thinking of starting their own artistic journeys or are very new to this? Uh, uh, my advice would probably be is to to uh, whatever they do decide, if it's through dancing or you know, where they're unsure, but they're deciding to, per, let's say, focus on one thing, uh, is to really do it with full conviction and with 200% energy because this, whatever you have to do, I think you always have to be passionate about it. So you, and that what makes it not easier, but like more, I, I feel like with dance, especially for me, it's not easy. The whole training was a roller coaster of emotions and mm -hmm. mental breakdowns and hardships. But there's so many times that it is so rewarding as well. But you need to have the drive and passion because if not, it will be so, so crucial for you because, you know, I can't right. sugarcoat our profession. It's not easy. So it will my never be is, easy. <laughs> and it will never be easy, unfortunately. <laughs> But um, is yeah, that's definitely my advice because it, it is uh -huh. hard, but it is beautiful at the same time. So if right. they do want to pursue this, they have to have a lot of passion. <laughs> right.
That's great. That's great. Well, McCoy, I, I, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. Uh, yeah, I know you still have work uh, later on, but before I let you go, I wanted us to do some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> All right. <Hit> me. <laughs> uh, morning or evening? Evening. Your favorite Filipino food? Ooh, either sinigang na baboy or adobong manok. <laughs> Uh-huh. Your your favorite German food? Oh, um, will be bratwurst. I see. Text or talk? Talk. Okay. Uh, a contemporary piece or a classic role? Ooh. <laughs> Can it be both? <laughs> All right, sure. <laughs> Can it be both? <laughs> um, a sport you wish you excelled at? Oh. Football. Soccer or American football? Oh, no, soccer. Uh, that's soccer for us. <laughs> I see, I see. Uh, favorite holiday to celebrate? Uh, Christmas, definitely. Yes. Uh, in dance, would you rather turn or jump? Uh, I'll rather do an adage. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. At least I was honest. <laughs> right. A favorite time or season to be in Germany? Oh, springtime for sure. Is it pretty? It's so beautiful. Once the cherry blossoms and the, the leaves start to grow, because also the winter for me is just horrible. Mm. It's too cold. It's too gray. And then, you know, spring just looks like, wow, it's so beautiful. And every, Germans are always smiley and positive when there's sun. So when the right. sun is out, so it's right. definitely a different vibe all, ar all around the city. <laughs> Nice. Well, do you know how to speak German yet? I do speak German, and uh, well, I, I I think I could, I speak well, <laughs> but I mean I should be after thirteen years. <laughs> okay. Well, so speaking of that, which other language you wish you knew how to speak? Um, I wish I was fluent in Spanish because. Um, ah. Uh, I realize, especially with the colleagues I have, and since school, there's so many uh, South American and. Um, uh, South American and Spanish speaking uh, dancers that join and I wish I was able to communicate with them because it just sounds so fun and mm. also I wanted to know if they're talking behind me. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, so are you a Facebook or Instagram person? Uh, Instagram. Okay is there a dream role of yours? Um, my dream role would probably be to portray Nijinsky Mm. in Nijinsky that would be nice <laughs> because uh, because I've, I've done a lot of like Nijinsky roles uh mm -hmm. like Golden Slave like all these uh that's Tammy's and all but even the found but mm -hmm. in Neumeyer's work I would love to play Nijinsky himself as the the person and I think it would be so interesting for me to explore that kind of artistic side I see well I hope you do it okay. soon yes um <laughs> I hope Outside of Mr. Neumeyer, a uh, choreographer you hope to still work with? Choreographer that I still hope to work with? Oh, would probably be, I would love to work with Crystal Pite. Ah, and, uh, that would be nice. And, um, and actually, I would love to work with Matsek. Mm -hmm. It's always been a dream of mine. And uh, Killian, of, of course. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and Paul Lightfoot. 
I see. So a lot. <laughs> <laughs> There's still a lot. <laughs> um, your favorite dance then, movie. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Then, I, I already went ahead. So, yeah. And then I know I, think I, I chose a lot of choreographers, but then again, all of them I find, um, since they're contemporary dancers, they, they do love to work with mature uh, uh, men. So mm -hmm, I feel mm -hmm. like that's it'll something be, that I need. As much while. as I want to work with them yet, I feel like I, I have so much to learn outside in life to be able to give them something. So right. who knows when I can work with them. <laughs> right. Oh, did you ask favorite dance movie? Yes, yes. Uh, center stage? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Everybody loves center stage. Um, Wait, I, I now work with colleagues who have not seen center stage. That's what we're getting to now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are you serious? I'm Damn. serious. They don't even know center stage. And I was like, oh, there's the gap. <laughs> right, right. Um, I was like, please tell me you know at least Burnish the Cover. If not, I will slap you with a VHS copy. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were an Avenger, who would you be? Uh, either Wanda or. <laughs> oh, or. Wait, wait. What's his name? I think I would love to be Ant-Man. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, Because then you don't really see me. <laughs> right, right. Are you a dog or a cat person? I'm a cat person. I have two cats, actually. Um, those are nice because they pretty much tend to themselves. <laughs> Yeah, it was, no, because it's just, I would love, I, I love dogs, don't get me wrong. It's just, it's so hard for me to balance with work. Right, because um, you're always out. Yeah, like, because uh, I feel it's so, yeah, they're, yeah, I feel it's so unfair because with, 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 with our job, it's so time consuming and I, I feel sad just leaving them in the dressing room all the time or, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, but what is my two cats, at least I know. Yeah, they they get yes. to take care of themselves. <laughs> Exactly. exactly yeah okay so what is the first thing you do when you get up um i actually listen to happy days <laughs> from sister act <laughs> it definitely gives me a bit of energy to, uh -huh. to get out of my bed especially when you have some pain in the body right. but uh coffee that's for sure don't mm -hmm. talk to me until i have my coffee and then Yes, that's it. Uh, the last thing you do, breakfast. I see. The last yeah. thing you do before you go to sleep. Um, my nightly rituals of uh, doing my, washing my face, putting collagen, anti-aging <laughs> serums and uh, right, right, and cream, night creams. Yeah, that's definitely the last thing I do. And it's always been a ritual of mine, especially doing, if it's after a show, I like to uh -huh. really treat my skin well, because, you know, you shave a lot, you put a lot of makeup and it's so important for me to take care of your skin. Right. Well, name an artist that have inspired you. Um, who? Artist. Well, definitely uh, Sylvia Atzoni. She's a principal in our company. And uh, she's just one of those, like, if you YouTube her, she's just sensational and mm. so special. And um, I would say also Alessandra Ferry mm -hmm. uh, inspires me a lot. There's also Matthias Heyman from Paris Opera. He's mm -hmm. just 
exquisite, you know. And uh, Manuel Legri, a big inspiration from uh, since I was a little kid. Right. Uh, and um, who else? Oh, Meryl Streep. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Everybody loves La Streep. <laughs> exactly. Well, McCoy, I think that is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much oh. for joining me and letting us have a short glimpse of your everyday professional life. Um, oh, it, thank you. Of course, you're very welcome. It's been great and I've enjoyed it very much. So thank you. And for our listeners who are interested in asking some follow-up questions, please leave them comment section and we'll try to send this to McCoy and get back to you. Thanks, McCoy. I wish you the best of luck and I can't wait to um, see you continue making us proud on stage and hopefully we get to see you in the stages of Samsung Performing Arts Theater real soon. Thanks again. Yay. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe on your favorite channels. State of the Arts is a weekly podcast and is available on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. We're also on Facebook and Twitter with the handle at State of the Arts PH. Share with your friends, family, and fellow arts aficionados and help us get the word out. For the latest news, including upcoming events and important happenings at the Samsung Performing Arts Theater, visit their website at samsungperformingartstheater.com or follow the theater's official social media channels with the handle at CPATOfficial. You may also visit our sponsor affiliate pages, Circuit Makati and Make It Makati. Thank you for joining me today. Till next time.